I think the concept of family, like Riboni Maobani, when we're talking about the threshold covenant, the priest of the home was the one who, at the threshold, sacrificed an animal. And it was the priest who took the initiative for the worship. And we were explaining how, you know, at the threshold they would put their gods, you know, and, you know, this is why I don't know if you've done this. Sometimes they make you get a stone I see you want to do a disclaimer on me. Come on, you know what I'm talking about <laughs> when we are consulting. So, so, you know, there's an element of covenant that is strewn all over. All cultures of the world practice the blood covenant. And it's going to be very interesting tomorrow as well when I show us in the nine things that were done in the ceremony, Christ is in all of them. And we have cut that covenant as well with him. I don't know if I'll do it tonight. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. But before the end of the week. <laughs> so we're going to do that. But it's, it's, I, I realize the blood covenant is one of the best things. So tonight, I, like I told you, I have so much to share. But I just felt tonight, I want to tell you about the benefits of this blood covenant. All right. The benefits. I mean, I mean well, like we, we, when we started, we said people entered into covenant for many reasons. But, but the major reason was you entered into covenant with a worthy person. Bishop, you know, I was, I was actually surprised. Yesterday when I was using the term, you know, when, when a worthy person came to your home, you did that covenant with them. And, and it's amazing Jesus talks about going to a, the house of a worthy man. I, I wanted to go and check that out. I didn't have a chance to check it out. Is that covenant talk, Jesus? What do you mean when you say a worthy man? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a lot of whatever. They're not here. But you know, I was just uh, thinking about it that, uh, you know, covenant, as we have been studying, people didn't just enter into it in jail. There was a benefit. There was a reason. For instance, if you were a king whose nation had great farmers, but you were very poor in terms of defense and you had weak warriors. You looked for another king who had a great army and who could benefit from you being great farmers. So you entered into covenant with them. If you were weaker, you looked for somebody stronger. If you're poor, you looked for somebody who's rich. Because when you entered into covenant, Everything you are becomes a part of them. So not only do you benefit from what they had, you also inherit their liabilities. So if you, if you made covenant with somebody who's insolvent, you inherited the insolvency. So it was a mutual thing. People entered into it for mutual purpose. So covenant is really there to benefit. And we mustn't lie about this, Bazalana. Even Haranyala, we married to benefit. Not necessarily money. But it's included. <laughs> it's one of the things. But, but we also marry because the person we are marrying is going to bring a certain sense of completion in our lives. Either in character, either we are organized. Sometimes you find we are, we are the people who are very chaotic. You know, uh, I mean, our lives is just chaotic. We, we just don't have order at all. You know, there's nothing about us that is straight. Everything is crooked. You know, so we... And, and somehow instinctively, we get attracted to people who are different to us. 
So if you're an untidy person, you get attracted to a person who's very tidy. No, don't give me that look. I'm just explaining. I didn't, I didn't call anybody's name here. If you are an impulsive person, you get attracted to an organized person. If you are quiet, you get, you get attracted to a talkative person. It's just instinctive. So, you know, you just like the way they relate with people. And after you are married, and leave you out. Anybody knows what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just like the fact that they are such an organized person, everything in place. Now, when you go on holiday after you're married, you just don't like it anymore because they have to plan every day what time you wake up, what you're eating, where you are going that day. And some of us, we just want to freestyle. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Just wake up and just, you're on holiday. I mean, why must you have a, why must you have a calendar? Huh? Short-term goals, long-term goals, on holiday. man. We just want to do whatever. But you know, with covenant, there's benefits. Somebody say benefits. Yes. Say it again. Yes. Say it again. Yes. So when people cut covenants, there were benefits. We said that the word covenant in, in Hebrew is the word berith. And it gives the idea of the accounting that causes blood to flow. All right? In, it, it means to cut where blood flows. But in the, in the Greek, it's, it gives the equivalent thereof. It speaks of a mutual pact between two people which binds them together. All right? And the binding together came as people walked between those pieces of flesh or the pieces of an animal that has been split in half. I'm not going to go back to all of that. We've talked about that. Now, you know, it's amazing when you look at the life of Abraham, the different occasions in which God spoke to him and covenant was cut. I, I find that very intriguing with him. And uh, 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 so let's go to Genesis 17 tonight. I want to show you something else there in Genesis 17. All right. Genesis 17. And like I said, I want us to read these passages. All right. Archimbilinga uh, verse. Uh, 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 all right, we read the whole thing. Look at your neighbor and say, In other words, you mustn't just read one verse and come to conclusions. So I'm going to read the whole thing. And I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. All right, let's go together. It says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God. All right, walk before me and be blameless. Keep going, please. We're going to read all the way down to verse 10. Then he says, I will establish my covenant between me and you, or I will cut my covenant. That word covenant is the word berith. I will cut my covenant between me and you. So maybe let's backtrack a bit. Note, ever since all the way back to Genesis 15, every time God appears to Abraham or several times, he's always emphasizing on the covenant he's cutting. Now, let me give you this for free. It's not in my notes tonight, all right? But let me give you this for free. You'll note that as God entered into covenant, it was almost like God is building a picture of what he wants to do in Abraham's life. And in bit by bit, he enters into covenant with him, gives him a promise there, a promise there, a promise there, a promise there. And I'll show you that tonight. He asked Abraham, do this there, do this there, do this there. We'll see that in Genesis 15. And when you read it, you know that as much as God is talking to Abraham about what's happening, God is setting it up for Christ who's coming. Because, listen to me, whatever he demands of his covenant partner to do, 
And if the covenant partner does that, God is obligated to do the same for the covenant partner. But in doing so, it's not just what God's going to do to the covenant partner, it's in bringing Christ into the world. Let, let me go back a bit. Let me go back. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like you don't understand what he's saying. He's about to explain it to you. Okay. Now, now, when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, he really caused a big problem because God had created him and Eve to be the gods of the world, God with a small g. To be the rulers, multiply, bring the world under order. And, and I don't know what your idea is, but when you read it carefully, and I want to mess with your minds tonight a little bit. When you read it carefully, you note that when you read Genesis 1, 1 and Genesis 1, 2, there seems to be something that happened on the earth. Genesis 1, 1 complete statement. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. Full stop. That's a complete statement. Now, the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, when God creates, God never creates anything that is without form and void. If God's going to create something, he's not going to create something that is tohu vabohu. But it's very funny when we read verse 2, it says, and the earth was without form and void. Now, the word was there is an incorrect translation. When you read it in the original, it is the same word that we find in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 and verse 8. Where it says, and God made man in his image and man became a living soul. So when you translate it, you say this. Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2. And the earth became without form and void. Which means there's something that happened between verse 1 and verse 2. There's something that happened to the earth that made the earth to become without form and void. Because when God creates, he never creates anything that is without form and void. God's not a God of confusion. He's not filled with confusion. Anything that God does, he makes everything wonderful and makes everything beautiful in his time. There's no way God's going to create anything that is tovabu. Tovabu means this. It means out of order, disruption, darkness, confusion, disorder. So when you look at the earth, watch this now, when you go to verse 3 and all the other things, Genesis 1 describes an earth that is in confusion. Water is under the ground. The fish are in the sea. Everything is out of place. And it says, in that confusion, as the waters had covered all the earth, the Spirit of God was moving on the earth. Mamela, so when God spoke, though we say he created and we believe that and we agree that, in his creation he was bringing order to a tovabohu place. Oh, are you here tonight? Go and read it. This is not error. So he brings order to this disorganized place, but then he decides to create this special place called Eden. In Eden, God demonstrates how he wants the world to be. In Eden. In Eden, you don't have to water the garden there because there are rivers that are flowing. Yeah. 
In Eden, there's order there. And God can walk from heaven to Eden and can talk to his men face to face. No fear, no condemnation, no sin. Everything is cool. In Eden, the lion and the, and the, and the bear can sit side by side. There's no problem in Eden. And God tells man, he says, Bonane, I've given you this place. However, I'm giving you a commission to multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue the earth. God is saying, I've given you this space. I've put you in this specific geographic spot called Eden. But I want you to take what's happening in Eden and multiply it. So that the rest of the earth can look like this. Multiply, replenish. You don't replenish what was never plenished. You can only replenish what was plenished. And then it says, bring it under control. Subdue it. But instead of Adam doing that, he sells out to Satan, and then Satan becomes the God of this world. And so God now has been locked out of the things of the earth. The man that he had given the earth to has given it to Satan. So God has to work his way back into planet earth through men. And the only way to do that is to cut some covenant with mankind. Got to find a way to come into the earth in a legal way because God respects his principles. He's not going to just jump in and do whatever. He, it is man who, who ostracized him. It is man who will allow him back. And if God's going to come back into the earth and, if, and because it's man who has messed up, it's man who has to fix the mess he has made. So God has to find another Adam who's going to fix the mess that first Adam did. Ah, you're not hearing what I'm saying, Bazala. You're not hearing what I'm saying. So he has to find another Adam. But to, to be able to bring that Adam in, God has to start to make some negotiations with mankind and talk to the brother. So maybe before the one I said we must read, let's go to Genesis 15. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Go with me to Genesis 15 quickly. I want to show you this. Genesis 15. Somebody say Shabba Yabba. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's a blessing to be here. Tell them again, it's a blessing to be here. Say it again, it's a blessing to be here. I want us to go to Genesis chapter 15. Where is it? No, Genesis chapter 22, rather. Genesis 22. In Genesis 22, I want us to read from verse 1 to verse 19. It's a long passage. I want to show you how God is working. So it came to pass, after these things that God tested Abraham. Abraham. This is after Amophile, Isaac, all that. You remember, ne? So remember now, let's go back. God is finding a way to bring back the last Adam into the earth. So far he has been making covenants with Abraham. Do this, do this, do this. But this one is even more significant. And you'll see this chapter. I love it. 
He says to Abraham, uh, he said to Abraham and his, oh, excuse me, let's read again. Came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he says, take now what? What? Your what? Read the next phrase. And your? Your what? Your what? Your what? Now remember, whatever you ask your covenant partner to do, you are obligated to do as well. Are you there? Take your son, your Abai, 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 Rabai, In, Aring. Whom you what? Go and do what? The land of? And do what? As what? Where? Hey. Your son, your only son, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah, offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I'll tell you. So, this son must be offered on a mountain. <laughs> this only son. Remember now, whatever you ask your covenant partner to do, you are obligated to do as well. Let's, go, let's continue. Verse 3. We're going to go all the way down to verse 19. Abraham rose up early in the morning, settled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. Watch this now. And he split the wood. The wood. He split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Keep going. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up. I, 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 I'm sure you're beginning to see something here. He lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Verse 5. And Abraham said to this young man, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back. Oh, Mama, God, God told him to offer his child. Mara Abraham, I will go with the land, Mara. He'll die, Mara. He will come back. Ah, you're not here. He will die, Mara. He will be raised. He will. Okay, verse, verse, verse 6. And Abraham took the wood. Watch, 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 watch. Wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac. All of this, all of this. This is, this is. Remember, whatever you do for your covenant partner. Your covenant partner is obligated to do it for you. Laid it on Isaac and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. Oh, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, Father, now, we are told by, by, by Bible historians that Isaac at this time was already a matured guy. Right? So, Mamela. He, he already knew what's happening. But he willfully went to be crucified. He, he willfully, he, 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 he willfully, he went 
knowing he's going to be the sacrifice, said, he said, my father, and he said, here am I, my son. He said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the? Where is the what? Where is the what? Can you see the language there? I can see you can't sit still there. You can't sit still. Where is the lamb for a bent offering? Listen to Abraham's answer. I love it. Abraham says, my son. <laughs> God will provide himself the lamb for a bent offering. So the two of them went together. Keep going. Then they came to the place of which God had told them. And Amram built an altar there. Placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac, his son. Laid him on the altar upon the wood. He, he lay there willingly. He didn't fight. Abraham wasn't strong enough to make him do that. He, he lay there. Not only did Abraham believe, the brother believed. You <laughs> think, And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham! He said, here am I. He said, don't lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. And since you have not withheld your son your only son from me. <laughs> then Abraham lifted up his eyes, looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. Can I hear an amen? Come on, give the Lord a big hand there, Bazala. Verse 13, verse 14. It says there, and Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, for it is said this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. So, so God was setting it up for Jesus who is to come. Really, when you look at the blood covenant, it's got Jesus everywhere. Turns back to Christ. Isaac was an only son, so was Jesus. Isaac was a son who is loved so was Jesus. Isaac took the wood and carried it over there. So did Jesus. Isaac went willingly there. So did Jesus. And when you read the book of Hebrews, it also says figuratively, even if Abraham didn't kill him, but by obeying God, it is like he did kill his son. But not only did the son get killed, he came back to life. He resurrected. And because Abraham decided to cut this covenant with God. God was not going to withhold his son. So it's kind of amazing, Bazama, that even if God is doing this historically, he's doing it with a man. But he's not just doing it with the one man. He's doing it for the whole nation. And not only is he doing it in that time period, he's doing it even in the future that is to come. What am I trying to say tonight? I'm trying to tell you tonight that because you have a covenant with God, your life is far more covered than you realize. Oh, I thought somebody was going to praise the Lord here tonight. Your life is far more covered than you realize. Many people don't realize how much their life is covered. 
And the fact that we are in covenant with God, there are certain benefits. Tell your neighbor there's benefits. There's benefits, neighbor. Tell your other neighbor there's benefits. There's benefits. Now let me show you now, as we go back to the scripture, which is a, a, a Genesis, reading uh, chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I'm the almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Verse 2. And I will make my covenant. You can put it this way. I will cut my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God talked to him. Now note the covenant talk in verse 4. God says, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you. Now remember, when people cut covenant, there would be an initiator all right. So when God says, as for me, he's simply saying, I'm taking the initiative. Or better still, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> God is saying, I've already made up my mind. I've already made up a decision. I'm cutting my covenant with me. As far as I'm concerned, this is settled. As for me, I love this one. My covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram. You remember we talked about that. But your name shall be called covenant talk. So he's taking the name of Yahweh, the Ha in Yahweh, putting it in Abraham's name. Because when you made covenant, when you made blood covenant, you exchanged names. Now you wonder, but what about God? Did God take Abraham's name? Of course. From this time on, God was called the God of Abraham. So he took on Abraham's name as well. Oh yeah. He says, I have made you a father of many nations. He says, I will multiply you exceedingly. I'll make nations out of you. Kings shall come of you, out of you. Verse 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in your generations for, for an everlasting covenant to be a God to you and your descendants. Also, I'll give to you and your descendants the land. Verse 9. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generation. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants. Every male among you shall be circumcised. Now, just in case you are wondering about this circumcision thing, we are in covenant with God. But when Paul talks about circumcision in the New Testament, he says our circumcision is not that of the flesh, but we are circumcised in our hearts. So we are circumcised in the heart as a sign of the seal of the covenant that we have with God. Oh my goodness. Very interesting, Bazarana. Abraham is 99 years old. When God first appeared to him, he was 75 years old. So what I'm trying to show you is that there are things that God can tell you at a certain age and you may wait for a long time. And if you don't understand that you are bound to God through covenant, you will, you will be impatient. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope you are not one of those who is chacharach. Just, just tell them and say, I hope, I hope you are not one of those who is chacharach. One of the things that blocks a lot of people from receiving the fullness of God's promises is how they, are, they have a hurried spirit about them. Not realizing that if God said it, he will do it. See, when God speaks, this is important. I think our problem when it comes to God is this thing called time. We live in the confinement of time. We go to bed, we rise up, one day has gone. All right? One week is gone, one month is gone. But God lives in the now. In God's world, in God's area, there's no night, there's no day. 
Think about it. Imagine if you just lived in a place where there's no night, there's no day, you don't sleep, you don't rise up. So you always live in, 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 in a time called one eternal now. So when God speaks, he always speaks about the present. He says to Abraham, I've made you a father of many nations. Now Abraham is going, So after several years, he's saying, But to God, remember, because God sees the span of your life from beginning to the end. Ah, Bazelana, am I too deep for you tonight? God sees the span of your life. He knows, the Bible says, He knows the end from the beginning. In fact, God always is like what manufacturers do or what, what inventors do. When, when you invent something, you, you invent it because it must fulfill a certain purpose. You don't invent and say, what am I going to do with this? No. The reason you invent is because that thing already has a purpose. So either it's heaters or houses. Architects, you know this. Before a house is bricks and mortar, it exists in your mind. In a completed form. And then you put it down on paper. You call it a plan. There's nothing physical to touch. Mara, it's already finished. Before you lay the first brick. Oh, come on. Are we, are we being too difficult for you tonight? So God already has the plan of your life. He sees the beginning from the end. So when he talks to you, he already talks seeing what the final product is looking like. Our problem is that because of this thing called time, when God speaks, we don't see certain things. We think it will happen in a year. So if 10 years goes, it doesn't happen. We say, God, God, where? But God can't lie because he's a covenant making and he's a covenant keeping God. And his covenant is from everlasting to everlasting. Can I hear a shout in the house here? You know, Zalana, as I've stayed longer in ministry, is the more I'm appreciating what I'm saying here tonight. Because there are things that I prayed about way back years ago that I'm only seeing now. And it's amazing that when I conceived those things, I was very sure they're going to happen in the following year. But I learned to just chill and relax and realize that God is not a man to lie. He's not the son of man to change his mind. He has made a covenant and he will keep the covenant. Can I hear a good amen? I'm telling somebody here tonight who is thinking God has forgotten about them. God has not forgotten about you. I'm talking to somebody who wants to give up here tonight to tell you that don't give up. God's going to keep his part of the bargain. And so he speaks to Abraham. He sees everything. And he assures him. Now, what's this? This is important. This is important. It's very important to note that when it comes to covenant, here are the following things that are important. Hey, I can see why kid. No, that's not the important part of me bending. I don't know. Sorry. Thank you. All right, here we go. Number one. God is a covenant-making and a covenant-keeping God. Not only does he make covenant, he keeps covenant. We explained that that word covenant in Hebrew implies the shedding of blood. It means to cut that blood flows or it means an agreement. In the Greek, it means a pact. Actually, one of the definitions of covenant in the New Testament is, is an imposition on the, of the will, imposition of the will 
of the superior. That is, God imposes his will on, the, on man or on the inferior. So know this, when it comes to God, this is important. You can either accept his covenant or reject his covenant, but you cannot alter it. Let me say that again. You can't press the delete button or the edit button. Rather say no than yes with the hope to edit. So when it comes to covenant with God, you can either accept or reject, but you can't alter. In other words, when God brings covenant, it's always on his terms. Somebody said, you know, sometimes when you read the Bible, you'll think some people think that the Ten Commandments is the Ten Suggestions. Is the Ten Commandments. In other words, when a commandment is issued, we don't ask you how you feel. In fact, we don't care how you feel. There's no negotiation. So here it is, when God makes covenant, it's always on his terms. However, once you step into the kingdom of light, there's a transformation that takes place. Number two, we know that when God makes covenant, I love this one, he is the source of it, the life of it, and you are connected to the life source. See, when you made covenant with people those days, you wanted to make sure that they are men of worth, that they have the resources to do what they said they're going to do. You don't want to get into covenant with a guy who says that he's loaded. Next thing, when the brother is supposed to give you what is loaded, we don't want somebody like that. So when it comes to God, you can be rest assured that God is loaded. Not only is he the one who, who initiates the covenant, he becomes the source of it, but becomes the life of it and the sustainer of it. So when it comes to his side of the bargain, you can be rest assured God's going to keep his side. I tell you. In fact, I work Abraham. when God promised him. It says finding nothing else through, through which to swear. Nothing else by which to swear. He swore by himself. I can learn another news through the Holy Bible. I'll show you. The Bible says, well, no, we shouldn't swear. Why mustn't we swear? Because as human beings, we're not as loaded. One thing can happen that can wipe out everything. So the Bible says, Oscar said the promises. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't promise because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Now, if God promises, if, if when he promises you, what he's promising is not there. When he promises you, he creates what is going to come. If this thing is black in color and God says, Musa, that thing is white. By the time I look at it, he has made it to become white. That's why God can be trusted with a covenant. So you can trust God with your life. You can rest assured his word will work in your life. You can rest assured if you place your life on the word of the living God, your life will work out much better than what you thought. Can I hear an amen in the house? You can rest assured that your life will be steady. It will be strong for it's built on the foundation of the word of God that lives and abides forever. Jesus says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will stand forever. So, Jesus says to us, I'm the vine. 
John 15, I'm the vine. And you are the branches. He who abides in me. Covenant talk. Oh. And I in him. We, we, we have intermingled our blood. We have become one. In covenant. He who abides in me. And I in him. The same bears. Not just fruit. <laughs> Why? Because you have come into possession of the, 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 all the resources of the loaded one. Even if you don't even have anything. But once you abide and you are in covenant. And he abides in you. And you abide in him. His, his, his wealth becomes your wealth. His health becomes your health. His strength becomes your strength. Can I hear an amen? His ability becomes your ability. That's why we can shout and say, I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me. Verse 6, it says, if anyone doesn't abide in me. First of all, it says in verse 5, without me, you can do nothing. If anyone doesn't abide in me, he's cast out as a branch. And is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. Watch. If you abide in me. And my words, the words of the covenant. Yeah. No, 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 not only have we gotten connected through covenant, but you remember the terms and the conditions. You remember what I promised you. And my words abide in you. He says, you, 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 you will ask what you will. How are you? He, he doesn't say you will ask what I want. He says, well, now I give you a blank check. I can see people are still using checks today. He says, I'm, I'm giving you a blank check. Why not? Just fill out. You ask what you will. Somebody asks us, how can God trust me with a blank check? He says, well, the condition is this. If you abide in me, you will know what the terms and conditions are. <laughs> If the words of the covenant abide in you, you will already know what I have asked. And within the boundaries of what I have promised you, you can ask anything. Somebody say anything. You can ask anything and it will be done for you. This means this. In covenant, we are connected to Jesus the vine. And through covenant, therefore, watch this. When there's no covenant, no prayers are answered. When there's covenant, prayers are answered. When there's no covenant, there's no fruit. But the reason we're fruitful is because of covenant. When there's no covenant, there's no success. Ah, but with covenant, we see success. Come on, Bazalna, look at you. Look how far God has brought you. I said, look at you. Look how far God has brought you. Do you remember where you were a few years ago? Do you remember the way you used to look like? The way you used to talk? The way you used to behave? Do you remember the names that people used to call you? But my goodness, look at you today. What God has done. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. And according to Genesis 17 that we've read, when God spoke to Abraham, this is how we want to decode that. God says, because of covenant, Abraham, number one, and this is you, I will prosper you. Well, we shouldn't be afraid of the word prosper. I know it's been abused. 
And by the way, it doesn't mean money only. It means more than that. It starts first with a healthy relationship with God. Yeah. That, that's where it starts. A healthy relationship with God. You are born again. You are filled with the Spirit. You have a great relationship with God. You are living right. You have a vibrant relationship with God spiritually. You are prospering. You walk in the anointing. How many of you know to walk in the anointing? Hey. Yeah. You walk in the anointing. You walk in the presence. Your spirit is open to God. When the word is preached, you shang a pagat. You don't mind hukunamaka Louis Vuitton ya how. And the other things can follow. But there are things. Now we seek first the kingdom. And these things will follow. But we don't look at the things. We look at God. Can I hear an amen? So when we're in covenant, God says, I'm going to prosper you. What a blessing it is, Bazalon. To have a vibrant relationship with God. And I always tell that story of mine. I was raised in a good home by the grace of God. We were raised in a good home. And in spite of the good home we were raised in, I was a very sad and very depressed young man. At the age of nine, my father, who was a school teacher, they had a, an event that happened at AU2 Cinema. Some of you won't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> AU2 Cinema, it was like the modern day theater. Like Stair Kinneco. I don't know if it's still there. Stekiniko and some of those is where we used to go watch movies. But it's here in, in, can uh, I Mufulo. Yeah, here in Mufulo. It's a small thing, I think. Pella, those days, how no let out, How is it sent to how you were hot? You were lit. No, 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 no. Next up, I'm my bishop then. So don't, 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 don't laugh like that. Yeah. But AO2 was the place to go. And, and, and then there used to be these cars that the, 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 the it has the Chevrolet Six Mavone. Yeah. You remember that one, eh? Yeah, the long Six Mavone. When you drive, Unsa, Unsa, Unsa Lipuka. We used to even ride like left hand drive. You remember that? I mean, massacre. <laughs> we used to laugh. You know that car? It used to sit three passengers in front and four at the back. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. You people, you know, I can say you, you born freeze, you don't know. It was always amazing when you see a guy with his girlfriend. I mean, she's sitting in the front with a guy. There's room for three people. Mara, she's sitting next to him and there's nobody else. Now, <laughs> But this time around, AHC Cinema, they had rented it out to, to the school. Or oh, there was this famous singer years ago. You won't even know him. Percy Sledge. <laughs> and the brother used to sing. I can sing one of his songs now, but we're in church. But I'll do it some other day. <laughs> so we went there for the show of Percy Sledge because Percy Sledge was performing at AHC Cinema but he had made a special show for, for young people at school. So many schools were there. So before the show started, uh, there were these young people who started singing. First time I heard the word choruses. You know, I was raised in a church where we sing hymns. 
Joko yaha ibu. But then they started singing these songs where they clap and Bazalwana iyo sizungen. Bazalwana iyo sizungen. Some of you are the same. Bazalwana iyo sizungen. Sizungen. Heka yesu. Babaru. They used to sing like that. And you know, you know, that song is interesting. But I don't know why must they put the word EO. I've never understood, but let's leave that one out. So, so they were singing. So, so, but then as they are singing, they came up on the stage to give a testimony. And it was my first time to hear the language children. I'm saved. I've accepted Christ as my Savior and Lord. He came into my heart. I was nine years old. I was nine years old at the time. So I'm listening to them, and I'm, and I'm thinking, these people, the way they talk about God, it's real. It's real. It's, they're not fluffing. They're not doing what I do. With me, even when I talk about God, God is there. That's why when you pray, you have to shout, Moody! It's, it's far. Hey! Tell you. To them, God is here. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize that marked me as a nine-year-old. From that time, I started seeking. I'd go to church, do everything, but there was this sense of emptiness. And when I got to be a teenager, I started getting depressed that what I was looking for, I couldn't get. Yeah. And at the age of 13, 14, I tried to take my life. I didn't have the guts to do it. <laughs> but I thought about it. And thank God, on the 5th of August, 1978, as you've heard me tell the story, I got born again. And I realized this, this, this is what I was looking for. This is what I was looking for. And then it dawned on me, in spite of having what any young person would want to have. Good home, food, clothes. Spiritually, I wasn't prospering. This covenant makes us prosper. See, when you are born again, when you have a relationship with God, even if you don't have the money, I'm not saying we shouldn't have it, even if you don't have a car. Huh? Even if you don't have all the other things or good clothes. Mara. There's a certain contentment. That only Jesus can bring. Can I hear an amen? So in this covenant, God says to Abraham, I'll prosper you. Secondly, he says, I'll bless you. The expression bless is not. I'll give you a car or a Bible. You know, that's what we say. Our, the, the, uh, um, bless it, take a phone. Um, bless it, take iPad. That's, that's, we, we call things a blessing. The word bless means the divine, supernatural empowerment from God that makes your life succeed. Did I say that again? It, 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 it is that special something, something, something that God puts on your life 
where things work for you. And, 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 and you, now it doesn't mean you don't work hard. It doesn't mean you don't apply yourself. But if you want to be honest, when you look at the results of your work, they are more than your effort. It's just that supernatural empowerment of God that makes you to meet the right people. You are in the right place at the right time. It just makes them to choose you when they don't choose others. It's just that supernatural empowerment from God that makes you at a time when you need wisdom. There's wisdom that comes into your mind. There's an idea that comes into your mind. Come on tonight. I see that supernatural empowerment upon your life. God says, I'll bless you, Abraham. Even if you are from the Ur of the Chaldeans, even if you came into a strange land and you don't have any relatives there, I'll still make your life work. Amen. To an extent that in a foreign land, Abraham had so much of things that his flock was more than other people. So with you, when there's this power on you, whatever you touch, And it's a problem when people try to compete with you because they learn all the steps, they learn all the formulas, they do everything you do, Mara, they don't get the same results because there's this extra, 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 extra. Can I hear an amen from people who have an extra, extra? Yeah. They even end up saying, There's an extra, extra something. Now me I understand the Oh yeah. God says, I'll bless you. That's because of the covenant. I'll bless you. See, because you, you, you've come into covenant with someone who overflows with blessings and, and, and his presence alone, there's fullness of joy. You, you've come into covenant with the one when he comes in. When there's sickness, disease goes away, healing comes. When there's lack, <laughs> lack goes away when he comes. When there's death, death runs away when he comes. So there's just something on your life. I wish some of you could understand there's something upon your life. Yeah. Something upon your life. Sometimes that's why we suffer so much sometimes. You don't wonder why someone from nowhere just dislikes you. And you wonder, what did I do? Just from nowhere. They just don't. Mm. <laughs> if you don't understand this, you'll try to fight with them. But it's not them, it's the spirit. <laughs> There's something behind them that's pushing them. Instead of you fighting and wrestling with flesh and blood, put on the whole armor of God. Ah. Tell your neighbor I'm blessed. Tell your other neighbor I'm blessed. Tell your other neighbor I'm blessed. And God says to Abraham, I will multiply you. How I wish some of you could have perspective of how much God wants to multiply what you do. That you'll stop dreaming small dreams. You'll stop confining yourself. Today I was thinking so hard about how we can take further the message of the gospel. We say that Lemama, had it not been for Pulus, I don't know if I would be knowing Malaysia Australia. I don't know if I'd be knowing that. 
But there's something about the gospel that makes your world to become bigger. When you are in covenant with God, God says, I'll multiply you. God says, try me, dream big, see what I'll do. Abraham, I'm not only going to bless you, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. You don't just need one child, you just need a whole nation. Imagine God giving you a national vision. Please, when, when, when you walk in the blessing of God, yeah, start somewhere. Start with a small and nothing. Mara, please, don't stay there. I said, don't stay there. God says, I'll multiply you. Then he says, not only will I multiply you, I'll increase you. <laughs> your influence will grow. The footprint of your influence will grow. Because you see, it's not a matter of where you were born. Jesus was born in a small Anyana town. But Nathaniel was surprised. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? What he didn't understand is that which came out of Nazareth was going to not only change the world, it was going to change the history of the universe. So even if you are born in Pietrastein or some town that we don't know where it is, it doesn't make any difference. The blessing of God is upon your life. Oh, am I talking to people? Yeah, God's going to increase you. Why? Because you have come into covenant. And he says to Abraham, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Even in your darkest time, God will never leave you. We need to remember this when days are dark. Yeah. When everybody else has walked away from you, remember, he said, I'll never leave you. Then God said to him, ah, I'm going to change your name. <laughs> Listen, if your name was defeat, call yourself victory from today. If your name was give up, call yourself Makondo Kondelela. If your name was disease, Call yourself healing from today. Whatever it is, whatever stigma you carried, whatever it is characterized you, whatever it is and whatever label that put on you, God is changing that label. Because when you come into covenant with him, he says, no, I've got to change your name. You can't stay as Abram. There's got to be a sign and a seal of my presence on your life. Got to change your name. And then God says, by the way, the change of name also designates the change of nature. Because in African culture, names speak of history, but also they speak of nature. And because you are in covenant with him, let your nature reflect that and walk in the fruit of the spirit. Because we carry his nature. And God says, I'll also cause you to be fruitful. Be fruitful. In other words, be productive. God says, when you come in contact with me, you'll be a productive person. And then he says, as I close, I'll open the womb of your wife. God's opening your womb. The womb of vision. The womb of dreams. When you come into covenant with God, you begin to dream. 
you, you, you start dreaming of things that you never thought you will do before. You, you start dreaming of living a holy life. You, you start dreaming of a family that is committed to God. You, 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 you start dreaming of having a home that worships God. You, you, you start dreaming. You, you, and all those dreams happen. Because when you come into contact with him, he makes you to be a dreamer. Unfortunately, there are people out there who don't want you to be a Joseph and be a dreamer. Because you just can't come in contact with God and never dream. You know, when I, when I go and preach a dreamer, I always, every time before I preach, I say the same thing to them. And I'm being honest with you, I've said it every time I preach there, and every time I've preached there when I said it, it came from my heart. And oftentimes I've been emotional about it. Every time I stand on the stage at Rema to preach, I remember. I remember. When I was working at Rema in 1981 and part of 1982, we were preparing for a faith convention which is like a celebration seminar type thing. Every year they used to have it. They would hire different places. So we were moving stock from, from the, the, the wholesale department in Rema. This is before the new building. They were still here on John Smart Avenue next to where the Randbeck Magistrate Courts are. They had a building there. So we were moving stuff because I was working in the bookshop. I was in the mailing room. I was in everything. So we were moving books, cassettes, videotapes, all kinds of things. But for some reason, my boss decided we should go via Rand Park where the church is built now, but it was just a steel structure at that point. I didn't even know that they were building a building. So we drove there, and, and let me explain this to you, because in a way, I'm going to be nice about it. Please don't misunderstand me. Up until then, I only knew a certain kind of church building. What I had seen. Not only in Soweto, but around the country. I just knew that, you know, church building, you just, you know. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Also, the, the concept of big, you know, what was different? I mean, to me, if you had a building that seats 200 people, that was big. Because normally the churches sit 50 people, 100 people. So my, my concept of, of church size was, was shaped by my background. And also, could it ever happen that in your lifetime, you could ever have a building like that. I don't know how to explain this to you, Vazalan, and I'm saying this because I want to show you how God is able to plant something in you. Now, my, my boss, he has passed on. I wish, I wish I could have told him this when he was alive. We lost contact with one another. But as we came into this steel structure, they already had the stage, not like this, but it was still, you know, that 
built it up, that of soil. So he, we, he got me on the stage. So I stood on the stage and I, I was, wow, this massive thing. It, it looked like a shopping complex. <laughs> really? I've never seen anything that size. Then he came and stood next to me. He used to call me Mose. Don't, don't call me that, okay? Don't. <laughs> he used to call me Mose. He said, he said, Mose. No, 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 no. Don't go there. He said, the last seat in this building will be over there. I tell you, as I looked, something dropped in my spirit. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I don't know how to explain it to you. I conceived. I, 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 I became pregnant. In the womb of my spirit, God dropped something. And I carried that from that day. And when I became a pastor, I said, one day. One day. I've been pregnant. One day, we're going to give birth. I'm trying to explain something to you, as you sit here in church, as you listen to the word, as you participate in worship, as you come to seminars, as you get involved in serving, there's something God's doing in here. Because you, 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 you can never be in covenant with him. Without that life-giving spirit. Because any people who've ever worshipped him, who were barren, when they came in contact with him and they asked him, he opened their womb. God is able to open the womb of your spirit. And please, I beg you, I beg you, Whatever God inseminates in the womb of your spirit, take care of it. Look after it. Nurture it. Don't try to give birth to it prematurely. Mamela is being placed in there by a God who never lies. See, the encounter we have with the, with the Holy Spirit brings us into a certain level of relating with this covenant God. By the way, I might as well tell you, it's the 4th of July today. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. 4th of July, 1979. Oh, that's how many years? How many years is that? I got filled with the Holy Spirit 40 years ago. But you know what? Even if it was 40 years ago, it just seems like yesterday. Because in God's kingdom, it doesn't get less and less. It gets more and more. Let me close. This is what I want to ask you tonight. You are in covenant. 
with a God who will never lie. He's promised you. He's given you a dream. He's given you a vision. He's given you a mission. He has planted his seed in the womb of your spirit. You have become pregnant with vision. Can I ask you? Please don't kill that child through your words. Through your wrong actions. When you're pregnant, you have to look after the pregnancy. Got to watch what you eat. Please don't eat other things other than the word. Don't expose yourself to strange environments that are going to kill what God has placed in your life. Put yourself in the hands of God. And let it be God who's going to nurture you. I just feel the presence of the Lord in this house tonight. The presence of God like it was when the angel spoke to Mary, the virgin girl. The angel announces, you are highly favored among the women. You'll bear a son. His name shall be called Jesus. And Mary asks, how shall this be? And the angel says, for the power of the Most High shall come upon you. He'll come and sit on you. He'll come and settle on you. Like he settled on the earth that was Tohu Vabahu. And the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the deep. Like he settled on Jesus when he came out of the waters of baptism. Like he settled on the heads of the disciples in the upper room. The power of the Most High. Tonight, I sense that presence. God is settling. And wherever he settles, life comes. Vision is born. Discouragement lives. In that presence, what we need to do is to sit in it and let it fill us. Just like we do when we marinate meat or fish, we take it and we put it in the sauce and we let it stay there. I want us just for a few minutes to let this presence. I don't know in your case what is it that you are going to conceive. Some of you have already conceived but God wants to nurture that baby. I want to ask you just for a while Will you stay in his presence? Just pray in the Holy Ghost very briefly, very softly. Just do that all over. Even those who are watching, wherever you are, please join in prayer. Pray. In whichever way you know how to pray. Just in your presence. 
Pray in the Holy Ghost. Just pray, everybody. Raise your voice and just pray before the Lord tonight.
Kura parabara ba kura parabara ba kura parabara ba kura parabara ba riparabando rebele berebendo rebele berebendo rebele berebendo rimando mrebelebendo 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 riparabara ba kura parabara ba kura parabara ba kura parabara ba kura parabara ba rimando mrebelebere kura parabara ba sirebelebere ba kura parabara ba riparabara ba kura parabara ba kura parabara ba kura parabara ba rimando Rebere Bakura bakala mandoto mama mama mara bahaba hababa haleluya ala bashabaro kotoro amba baba kabakola bakutara basitere behia yaya aila baraba kororororo ariala bakura baraba siara ramanando rabakuta makatara bashindere bere rira baraba kotoro basiana ba rebere bere basitere barabandoro rebere bekotoro borobokoto grebere bere bandomra sorabara shalabere Bless the name of the Lord Jesus. Keep on praying the Holy Spirit. As it rests on our lives, just play the instruments only. That's right, just stay in His presence. Stay in His presence. Gaya Kalamakia Namahunda Makunga Lamakaya Gulabazia Bada Barbe Mama Mamma Mbrer Barmen Barmen Ebrestere Berebeba Rimbramondem Bramondem Brambondem Brambom Baba Ringem Brembrembrema Mambre Carbete Brescotoro Mamboria Barabacora Braparbeda Braparabarasata Ripar paramanianda la maraba kura maraba sitere baraba rindere be kura para maraba raba 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 setela baraba koto rimbambundem rambandam rambale baria korpede fela bakatanda raparaba silabela baraba kura baraba koto rikatela baraba ndombra sokolo borobodo ribala baraba kura baraba sitere berebekete. Rendere be katara barasala barasala basiyada. Arriba kuraba rapala barasala barasala. Rimandi ribisi kalabara bakutara bababakara bandendere. Rimandu ribisi kalabari andu ribisi kalabababo. Rebele be kuraba rabakutara barasala barasala. Oh, rebele yadara brabasala
something is happening tonight. Just worship the Lord tonight. Pray in the Holy Ghost tonight. The Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit rest. Rest upon you. Let Him sit upon you. Let Him envelope you. Let Him come upon you. Jesus. Oh, 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 Jesus. Oh,